In the darkest depths of the Twist My Arm Network, there were two nerdy dudes. But they were no ordinary dudes. These dudes were Marvel fanboy dudes. They bleed Marvel. If there was ever a time for these two nerdy dudes to come out of the shadows and spew all their Marvel chunks, it was the year 2021. We are the Marvel Cinematic Monday Podcast. My name's Josh. I'm the host and creator of the Twist Marm Network. And to the right of me is my co-host. His name is Chip. We are here to talk all about Marvel. Find us on Instagram at Marvel Cinematic Mondays. And listen to us anywhere you hear podcasts. Just search Marvel Cinematic Monday. Support the network by searching for Twist My Arm anywhere you do social media or listen to podcasts. Get all the network news by going to www.twistmyarmpodcast.com. Now, let's freaking get this thing started. What you been up to the last couple weeks? It's been, been a minute. Uh, it's been fairly uneventful in the real world front. Just uh, trying to wrap my head around everything we saw. <laughs> oh, man. And, you know, God, we're going to get into a lot of it today. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff going on, too, in the Marvel realm. So definitely. New news. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we should probably just get right into it because I feel like later when we talk about WandaVision, we're going to we're going to talk for a minute because, man, was that last episode a fucking mind blower things are happening (laughs) yep yep for those of you that doubted it just just go to episode four and then and then you know keep going (laughs) Uh, i I feel like i totally predicted that we were gonna get to see what we were actually watching here pretty soon so i was pretty happy about that yeah it's uh, it's getting really, really interesting. Uh, but before we get too much into that, let's go into our Marvel news. Marvel news. I'll have a bumper for that eventually. I do. I actually have a bumper for tonight that I'm really excited to play. <laughs> but uh, I'm working on it. It's it's a it's a slow burn, just like Wandavision. It's, it's quality, just for you guys. Yeah. So. Uh, first bit of news that we got here comes from Gigosily, Gigosily, GigosityMag.com. Uh, John Bernthal to return as Punisher in an MCU reboot. Confirmed. And yes, but I was so excited about like him coming in and Charlie Cox coming in, meaning that the Netflix shows were canon. But I feel like them saying that this Punisher shows a reboot says that it's not canon. Right. Because they're rebooting it. It seems like they're kind of doing a reboot with the same characters. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Charlie you know, Cox. It's, al- it's almost like a comic book. Like, you get a new issue one. The old stuff happened, but like we're just not going to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I mean, Is, uh, makes have we heard anything about Fisk? Like, are we getting Kingpin? Um, so like, I... I know Vincent D'Onofrio wanted to come back as Kingpin. That was like something he wanted to do. I don't think there is 
anything yet about it. And if there is, it's probably very uh, – um, I'm going to try and look it up. But it's it's probably very under wraps. You know what I mean? Because that would be kind of a big deal, right? Yeah. What's up, Chad? Um, let's see. Let's see. I'm looking at it right now. Joe D'Onfrio, uh, MCU. How about that? There we go. Um, no, nothing. Nothing. It's a. Last I heard he wanted to. He was like down to do it. But yeah. Haven't Yo. heard anything past that. No, November 26th was the last one. How Vincent is still trying to save Daredevil, but that's you know it'd be cool to see him. He was he was a great kingpin. He was wonderful as Wilson Fisk. So I, I think he he, he did a really good job capturing the character. I think he'd be perfect for it. Um, but but I loved the Punisher too, and I loved John Bernthal's character and how he did it. He was very very Punisher, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he uh. He did a great job. Punisher was a good series overall. Those two seasons were both fantastic. Yeah. That second season especially had me on the edge of the seat the whole time because I was just like, who's gonna get murked next? Like, <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, how do you how do you think they would bring him back in? Is there a way like with your knowing or your knowledge of the, the comics? Dude, the great thing about Kingpin is that he's been a villain for several people like you could bring him in like that he's he's new york he's just of he's like one of the biggest baddest dudes in new york and he's like almost above the law at this point like it's hard to bring him down permanently uh what about villain for spider-man he's been a villain for daredevil punisher like everybody based out of new york has dealt with the kingpin right i really like the mayor fisk storyline like have fisk run for mayor like they <laughs> oh. semi dabbled in it in that daredevil season but uh yeah like that'd be a dope storyline and then how, how do you think how do you think burnthal would come back would he come back in spider-man would he come back in like some sort of i don't know his own series again i mean potentially his own series like well like this news that i heard is going to be like his own series it's going to be a punisher series it's going to be a punisher reboot but like i feel like punisher is one of those characters you can bring him in to tons of different storylines like he's in kind of kind of his mo he shows up randomly yeah that's i mean and what a way to do that too just it'd be like a spider-man and daredevil team up and they're having a hard time and then all of a sudden someone gets murked and you look up and on the skyline is just Punisher in the background gives him a little sniper rifle. <laughs> yeah. Does one of those little salutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be, I, that'd be cool though. I, I bet they would put it on Hulu. I can almost guarantee they would put yeah, it on. Hulu. It's gotta be a Hulu show. It's going to have that. It's going to have that grittier feel to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, I think that'd be cool. Another character that, well, I guess not character, but, um, another actor that has been in talks, I guess, is Michael Fassbender to come back into the MCU, but he's not going to come back as Magneto. This comes from giantfreakinrobot.com. Uh, it says that their information comes from a proven source who has broken numerous, now confirmed stories before. So that's, you know, take it as gospel, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, our source is certain that Michael Fassbender is in negotiations with Marvel and that he will not play Magneto. 
However, it's less certain exactly what character he'll end up playing. But sources say that uh, they want Fassbender to play Fantastic Four's primary villain, Doctor Doom. I mean, all right. I mean, he's wearing a mask the whole time, so it's not like the uh, illusion's going to be lost because, like, well, yeah, there's Magneto standing there. Like, I mean, he's got the Doom mask. He's very iconically Doom. So, I mean, I guess, like, it's not it's not bad. He's a good actor. He, yeah. He's got good eye delivery, and that's pretty pretty essential for Doctor yeah. Doom. I guess that's true. I, I feel like this is kind of, if they do decide to cast him, this is their way of just crushing x-men from fox just getting rid of it all of it just like yeah we're this uh, you know i was i was i watched wandavision again today and i was going through all the marvel stuff and like the fox properties is counted as like legends or something like that it's like you got all the mcu properties that are part of the cinematic universe and then you have these like marvel legends properties or something like that and it's it's really funny because it's just like fantastic four and x-men and wolverine and <laughs> all the movies that yeah you know maybe Fox didn't really likes their melee characters <laughs> yeah yeah who do you think would win in a super smash bros fight fox or disney <laughs> <laughs> Probably Disney because they, I don't know. <laughs> Disney has all the reality warpers. They win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I I think this would be pretty cool to see him as Dr. Doom. I'm not the biggest, I don't know much about Fantastic Four or about Dr. Doom, the character, other than what I've kind of seen on movies and, you know, maybe in a couple cartoons. So to me, I, Fassbender was a really good Magneto, so it might be a little hard to let that go, I guess. Yeah, that's why I feel like the full face mask would help that. Yeah. It gives you less of like that visual shock of seeing like Magneto wearing the green cape. <laughs> <laughs> Although, like you said, in comics, things happen all the time, right? Did Magneto ever take over the Doom mantle? <laughs> No, or but like there's a crazy storyline involving Wanda and her two kids with Doctor Doom. Now that I like think about it, I'm just like, hmm, are we gonna like expand into that eventually? Hmm. Hmm. Keep there's that like a whole uh, Yeah. There's a whole um whole s limited run series called The Children's Crusade where mm -hmm. like Wanda's missing and uh her twin sons track her down and she's like being held captive by Doom. But like, not captive, like at the same time. Like, I love him, kids. Okay. Oh, like a Stockholm syndrome kind of thing. Yeah, it's weird. He becomes God Doom at that point. Like, he takes her powers, and like, his suit goes all white, and he's like referred to as God Doom. God Doom. That's interesting. What's God up? God Doom it. What God Doom? <laughs> well, it's it's great to hear that. Disney's going to take a crack at Fantastic Four because I feel like that franchise needs a little bit of justice. I really want to see John Krasinski and his wife playing. As the Fantastics? Yeah. yeah. You know, I, Reed I, Richards and Sue Storm. That would be pretty badass. 
I think we talked about this last episode, but I'm pretty sure they're going to be introducing these characters slowly mm-hmm. in different franchises. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, I've heard that Ben Grimm is supposed to show up in, I think, I think it's Falcon Winter Soldier. It might be Widow, but I believe it's Falcon Winter Soldier that, like, Grimm just shows up. And he's like I mean, a character, and then it would be shocking if it's a Black Widow, because like that means that they've had that established for a while. That movie was supposed to come out last year. Yeah, uh, but then like you know, with, with the introduction of Sword and all this stuff, it would it would make a lot of sense for them if you introduce a character like that, you can you know develop that character within the show, and then at the end of the show, be like. You know, Nick Fury comes out. And he's like, "Ah, oh, Mr. Grimm, we have a job for you on Sword." And then they all go to Sword, and next thing you know, they all have powers. We don't need another yeah. origin story. It's we're fine without one. Like, just take them away, give them their powers, let them come back, and have an epic battle with Doom. You know? Yeah, that'd be pretty dope. Like, that'd be an interesting way to introduce like Grimm as just himself, not as the thing. Right. I think like I think that'd be a really cool way to do it too, because a lot of times with Grimm, he's just the thing. He's just this giant rock. And so you know, you don't see the human side of him a lot. And so if they actually do that where they develop that character and make you fall in love with him before he turns into the thing, mm-hmm. then it's probably gonna be more gut wrenching when you're actually like going through the transformation and stuff with him or or like watching him deal with it, you know. There, it's I guess is it Johnny Storm? Isn't he Sue's brother or something like that? Yeah, for sure. So there's there, there'd probably be some sort of dynamic there where you could have the the brother and sister that go to college and sister meets you know friend of whoever. I I don't know. <laughs> it, and that is like that is yeah. Ben Grimm and Reed Richards were like best friends growing up. Maybe, maybe it'd be Grimm was a jock and Richards was a nerd. Maybe yeah. then they would do it with both of those characters in like in random shows. You know what I mean? And yeah, and then uh, like Ben Grimm fucks up a science project, and that's what blows up Doctor Doom. <laughs> I mm. get the comics. Mm. It's Grimm's fault. That you know, it makes sense. It's a pretty grim story, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, either way, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it happen again. So we're gonna move on. More more villain talk. Um, what you what you know about Mister Negative? Uh, I honestly I don't know a ton about him. He was uh, main antagonist, one of the main antagonists in uh, that PS4 Spider Man game from like a year or two ago, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, that, and that's the only time that i've ever really seen him yeah. was he made for that game or is, is he a fairly new villain i mean i don't think he was made for that game but yeah i feel like he's not crazy old as far as like history in the books um he's like yeah some art dealer i think i think he's just some art dealer that has i mean i'm <laughs> without knowing anything and just having like context and no actual background i'm assuming he's like an art dealer that got his hands on like a possessed mask or some shit and that's <laughs> why all of his uh cohorts wear masks 
Okay. Gave him negative powers. That's my zero context guess on his origin. Um, I, I, you're kind of off on that. So, um, I'll, I'll just go through a quick origin here. Uh, if I can close out these ads, man, these ads are brutal. My God. So the man who would become Mr. Negative was a member of the Snakeheads gang in China, which was involved in human trafficking operations. He was pushed into a life of crime by the crime boss known as Silver Fang. Um, so it seems like he was just always, uh, always in, in crime. He was working with a guy that was developing a new synthetic designer drug. And Martin Lee was his original name, but he... He got experimented on. So, yeah, there's a lot more to it. But anyway, uh, apparently CinemaBlend.com says that the one of the secret Spider-Man villains is going to be Mr. Negative. Um, there was a set photo that was spotted in New York where they're filming, of course. Are they filming in New York? They might be filming in Alabama. I don't remember. Um. But it's a it's a picture of a truck that has the Feast logo. So like you said, in the PS4 game, uh, Martin Lee ran Feast, which was uh, F-E-A-S-T. Um, I'm trying to, gosh, I'm trying to find it. This, man, sometimes these articles, just so many ads, and it's just so annoying sometimes. Um, but yeah, so Martin Lee runs uh, the, it's like a Salvation Army kind of thing, but it's called Feast. And he, he it's a mask or a mere charade for his underground crime syndicate. So rumors are flying out there. It's it's time. It's time for, you know, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe to, to gear up again because there's a lot of stuff coming out. Um, but that also just adds more to Spider-Man Three. Do you, with this yeah. news, do you think it's gonna be kind of like the old Spider-Man Three, where maybe they have too much shit going on? Maybe. I mean, that you know, it could just be an it could just be an Easter egg. Sure. Leading it could just in. be like they're like some sort of an emergency response going on and then to like set the scenery properly they have the feast truck there because everybody knows it's a easter egg so i mean it's possible that mr negatives not actually in this they're just establishing that feast is a thing okay so maybe they could bring him in later i don't know that would make sense i think that makes more sense than having him and doc ock and apparently the Hobgoblin from Amazing Spider-Man 2 is rumored to be back. And then you have Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and I mean I, I wouldn't even I would not be surprised if Willem Dafoe shows up at some point. Like Have you gotten Tom Hardy confirmed yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> but apparently it's confirmed that Spider-Man's going to be in Venom at some point. That's dope. Oh. <laughs> Is it going to be Black Suit Bully Maguire? Oh, that would be great. Get his little dance going. <laughs> He's got the little swoop. Oh, yeah. Ladies love Bully Maguire. Does Bully Maguire still have hair like that, though? 
You have to get a you think, you CGI right? it in. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can CGI it out. You can CGI it in. Absolutely. You can get rid of uh, Superman's mustache. You can give McGuire some bangs. Yep. <laughs> Oh man, I I hope it's not too oversaturated though. I I I don't think it will be because I, I Marvel and Feige we trust kind of you know like they do a pretty good job with their shit. So they've been doing a really good job of like there were a couple movies that I thought were not going to be that great because they were overreaching, but they handled them really well. So do you mean like Guardians of the Galaxy? Because <laughs> it. But honestly, I thought the Avengers movies were going to be garbage. Like, I thought Infinity War and Endgame were going to be trash. Like, I thought there were too many moving parts. There's no way you're going to get, like, a cohesive storyline out of it. I was way wrong on that, so <laughs> I have confidence in them. Yeah, man, they they killed it with that last Avengers two-parter. I oh, mean, yeah. it, not not just by wrapping up the first story, but... Oh, wrapping up what I good movies on their own, like yeah, yeah. And it's just a bonus that you got like the extra payoff of like ten years, like yeah. Just... It was it was a great way to wrap up the what I call golden age of Marvel movies, and lead into the silver age of Marvel. Yeah, before we start losing all the uh, original actors and characters, yeah, and start having to go into like B list and C list. Well, yeah, and like going into you know the multiverse and pulling out different characters, like oh, look, Tony Stark, but he's not Iron Man; it's this other person. We're gonna pull him from this earth, and you know, yeah, it's same with like Thor. You know, it's it's gonna be a different universe that Jane Foster's Thor, right? Yeah, so, it'll be a different multiverse probably. And I don't like see it might it might not even be like that we see her become Thor. It just might be like they go to a different multiverse and like she is the Thor there. And like the two that, Thors have a weird moment. Like that's what I mean. Huh. Like, <laughs> like she could pay, she could like just have like a tiny little cameo and like everybody's like, Oh, Natalie Portman's coming back. It's gotta be like this movie about her. Like she could literally show up for a second with a hammer and like and that would multiverse be is bye bye anyway. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and it, it could just be one of those, what are you doing here? Why do you have that hammer? What? And then get sucked back out into the, you know. Just a nod to the fans, possibly. Yeah. I doubt it, though, because I... No. I mean, having Gore really opens it up. Like, the whole, the whole thing with Gore is that he steps through, like, a portal to... Like, I forget what it's called, but he steps through this portal basically that takes him anywhere in time and space and so he starts going on a rampage killing all the gods throughout time oh and so like on his prison planet he has like prisoners working that are gods from like different ages and he's literally got multiple thors enslaved on this one planet oh Um, wow so i mean like they that could that could be one direction to go like i mean it's the multiverse is such a weird thing, right? Because right. you can do anything with that. And man, look, DC is about to fuck their shit up with their multiverse because they're trying to do that whole thing with 
the flashpoint paradox and everything and I, I think they're running way too fast into it pun intended are you talking about the uh their movies yes yes so so they're heading in the direction of a multiverse as well where they can you know move things around but again i think they just went they're going too quick into it where marvel is is a slow burn if we've learned anything from wandavision marvel is a slow burn that will take time to to get to the actual meat of what's happening and so like with the whole multiverse stuff like we're gonna have wandavision and then falcon winter soldier is gonna have something to do with it and then we're gonna have loki that has another thing to do with a bit of the multiverse all before we get the multiverse of madness which and we also get spider-man before that so i mean we're gonna see so much stuff about the multiverse before we actually get a real explanation of what's going on There's- right right dr strange is like the multiverse of madness is gonna be like wrapping up a lot of that shit because like we're setting it up through three series and the spider-man movie which is like we've pretty much confirmed we're dealing with multiverses we have three different spider actors like right it's i feel like a, a lot of people might start to lose interest because of how expanded and confusing it's gonna get i i mean i know people already with with wandavision that are like God, the first two episodes don't make any sense. What what the hell is happening? I I, I don't want to I don't want to watch it anymore. It's it's kind of dumb, you know. And it could be the same thing with this new stuff coming out. Like I don't understand what's happening. I can't keep up. So ho- hopefully, hopefully it, it doesn't get too bad. But man, Disney's banking on everyone having Disney Plus. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely absolutely that's gonna it's gonna be interesting like how how much required viewing are these seasons gonna be before the movies come out like are you gonna be completely lost if you haven't watched these full-on seasons i mean again in in marvel and feige we trust right so hopefully not hopefully the people that aren't watching wandavision and aren't watching loki aren't going to be left in the dust when they go to see spider-man in the theaters you know I mean, I'm definitely along for the ride. <laughs> Anything they throw at me, I'm watching. So, yep, they got me. I'm definitely hooked for sure, and it's 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 a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's it's a good thing, but it's just like I base my schedule around it now. You know, what day is it? Friday? Okay, so <laughs> or Thursday? Okay, I gotta stay up till one so I can watch Wandavision, and then I'll watch yeah. it in the morning and like. <laughs> So Definitely it, what I did. it was the same thing with Mandalorian. So it's it's kind of cool that they're, for a Star Wars fan like me, it's cool that they're filling that gap in between because at least I got something to watch before Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. it was really nice of them to give us Mandalorian while we were waiting for WandaVision. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're it's right. nice yeah. to have that little distraction there. My, my bad, my bad. Um. Oh yeah, and speaking of Thor, uh, what's his name? The the gun, James, James Gunn, Gunn, brother, whatever his brother's name is, Sean Sean, Gunn. Sean Gunn. He just posted a picture on Instagram recently of him in Australia, and Thor just started filming in Australia. Mm-hmm. So and they're, they're consulting with James Gunn for Thor as well. Like they're, um, like they're in contact with him 
because they're using a lot of the Guardians. Oh. And so they're making sure that they're not fucking any of his plans yeah. up. God. And they're also like giving him the opportunity to like throw in little breadcrumb lines because they're consulting with him on this whole movie because they know that the Guardians still have a movie coming. Right. Oh man, I forgot about that too. Ooh, Guardians four, the hunt for Gamera. You mean three? Guardians three? Is it three? Yeah, three. Whatever. The hunt for Gamora, who most likely got dusted when Tony Stark dusted everybody. I'm pretty sure she did. I'm pretty sure she I mean, did. Logic, like, logic would dictate that she did because she's one of the ones that came back with him, and Tony dusted all of them. Like, does Tony right. even know Gamora to know to like exclude her from the snap? Does no. he have enough control over the snap to exclude a single person? Like, okay, first of all, this Star Lord guy fucked everything up because he was trying to avenge this Gamora or whatever. Oh yeah. And Tony Stark already hated or didn't like Star Lord. So I mean, he, he's got serious. <laughs> I'm gonna give a shit. Yeah. I think uh, the it, it will be the search for Gamora, but I think it's just gonna be a big disappointment. Yeah. It'll be like the end of it will be maybe him finding a wise Gamora in a different universe. That's like, listen, dude, your Gamora's gone. You're gonna have. <laughs> Just accept that because we don't like you. <laughs> I don't got twice in that movie, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's a rough go of it. Yeah. So did Vision, though, technically. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. He, I mean, and he might get got three or four more times before. Yeah, he's not having. <laughs> <laughs> Things are not looking good for him. He's going to have a rough go of it for the next two or three weeks oh my god i know right um i was like do you think do you think scarlet witch is going to be in spider-man 3 dude i saw i saw that in the notes i'm like <laughs> i don't i don't know back, maybe back are we now now by scarlet witch are we actually talking about scarlet Johansson? scarlet witch i'm totally thinking black widow sorry right, um i got you <laughs> Jeez, that's what threw me off. I was like, no, because, like, why would she be there? No, I was totally thinking Black Widow. Sorry. Um, I mean, it's possible, because, like, that's part of us getting the multiverse set up. Right. Like, maybe she's the reason why the multiverse is split, and these Spider-Men are all jumping through the same portal into the same building. Like, Right. It's possible. Uh, so, I mean, Multiverse of Madness, I'm, I'm betting that, like, with all the setup, it's going to be, like, Doctor Strange cleaning up the mess <laughs> she's gonna be pissed the whole time um so uh, i i this comes from cinema blend uh elizabeth olsen addresses the possibility of scarlet witch appearing in spider-man 3 so she said she says it's possible hasn't like confirmed anything but she did kind of confirm that wandavision is the first part of a of a threequel so it's wandavision spider-man multiverse of madness is basically three parts of this story see that's so you're, so you're probably right man where she's gonna open up this portal or whatever she does you know we're gonna see random people come through that portal and then dark maybe we'll, like, maybe we'll get an after credit scene at the end of wandavision where we got where we get to see one of the spider-men 
like maybe we'll get an after credit scene where like one one or both of the old Spider Men like lock eyes on each other. Like what? They do the they do the pointing thing. <laughs> yeah, that meme. <laughs> Ah, oh, that'd be wonderful. That'd be great. Um, I, I, I know that there's. Let's see. Uh, Paul Bettany had said that there was a character that's gonna show up in this that's pretty big in the MCU at some point. Um, and I think people assume that it's Doctor Strange because of like multiverse of madness theories and stuff. But like, what a hell of a! <laughs> I remember the reaction when Spider-Man flipped out and stole Cap's shield, like. Oh yeah, big. uh, Yeah, yeah. It'd be a big enticing like breadcrumb to leave for people. Like, give me more. (laughs) We're gonna up the price of Disney Plus to twenty dollars a month. You cool with that? I don't care. Give me more. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) WandaVision season two is coming out next month. Coincidentally, this month we're upping prices. Right. Oh man. So Jesse has a good question that we'll save for our WandaVision topic. Um, and also, hi, Mariah. Hello, everyone watching. Thank you guys for joining us on Marvel Cinematic Monday. Um, we are going to kind of wrap up the news, I think. Um, gosh, I'm I'm so excited to keep doing this, though, as, as time goes on, because we're just going to get more and more and more, and I'm going to be really stoked to bring you guys all that news. Um, and actually, I do have something. Hang on. It just broke right before the show, and I saved it. I'm, I'm just remembering it right now. Oh, uh, Black Panther, Kingdom of Wakanda spinoff series coming to Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I did not read the article, but I saw that headline. It's actually Ryan Coogler is going to be making it. Yep. Did you, did you um, read the article or are they talking um, live action or a it's, series? It is, let's see. So Marvel's Black Panther is getting a Kingdom of Wakanda tie-in series on Disney+. Plus. Black Panther and Black Panther 2 director Ryan Coogler is attached to the Wakanda series as part of the five-year deal between his proximity media company and Disney. Um, yeah, that, that's about it, though. It looks like they're just announcing it now. So I would assume it's going to be live action, right? Yeah. So I so my theory on that is that it's either going to be focused mainly on the Dora Milaje, the female bodyguards. Uh it's like they have their own comic series and stuff. They've been like fleshed out and stuff. Right. Um two of them actually like gave up being bodyguards to like become lovers, I believe. Okay. Semi recently. Okay. So like that might be something that they're going to explore. Um, yeah. So I would, I would bet that that's gonna deal a lot with like them, uh, or it could be, uh, or if they're being more like aggressive with it, it could be like focusing on Shuri and like maybe some of the politics between Wakanda and Atlantis, and maybe setting Ooh, up the war between those two nations. Oh, because that would be dope. I mean, considering it's called Kingdom of Wakanda, mm-hmm. that would that would make sense for sure. Isn't uh, oh, and they they threw that. See, man, at Endgame, there's all those little tiny things that they say that you don't really think about it until they start announcing shit like this. Where there's the one scene where uh, Black Widow's talking to everyone in the holograms at the beginning, and mm-hmm. and she asks, uh, "Is it Shuri? I can't remember who she asks, but she's like, "What? How are the earthquakes over there in the ocean?" 
Well, they're in the middle of the ocean, so we're looking at them? Like, we're monitoring yeah. them? <laughs> yeah, I can't really do anything about it. Mm-hmm. But apparently that's supposed to be some sort of... Um, it's Atlantis, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's got to some... be Namor fucking shit up in Atlantis. Yeah, so that's that's cool. Um, and again, we'll, we'll get a little more into Endgame with WandaVision, because episode four had a cool callback to Endgame, which, yeah... Um, but with with this Kingdom of Wakanda, I, I think they can they can maybe postpone Black Panther two for a minute and maybe decide what you know where they want to go and maybe go towards that movie with this series. Yeah, yeah, I that's very possible. Like this might be this might not have been something that they had been planning on. This might kind of be a uh, a stopgap measure. Like, sure. oh man, what are we gonna do now that we don't have? Right, our Black Panther. Uh, and I wonder, I wonder if studios have those kind of contingencies. Like, did you know that? And this is this is a very interesting thing that I found out. But did you know that there's a whole bunch of um, pre-recorded things for like the death of famous people, or like oh, so? Yeah, if, like they. Uh, so, like, if somebody dies, they throw that ticker up. Such and such was known for this and this. And yeah, this. yeah, yeah. They pre-record those exactly. <laughs> So I wonder if it's kind of one of like a contingency plan where they're like, well, you know, what happens if any of these actors die? What could we do? You know? Yeah. I mean, this like giving them a whole season to like really establish Shuri as the new Black Panther means that we don't have to waste time doing that in the next movie. Right. So that helps us streamline the next movie. Yeah, Um, that's true. So, I mean. And that hell yeah, it's definitely a thing in the comics. Like Shuri becomes the Black Panther, like right for a good chunk of time. So, well, that's gonna wrap it up for our news segment. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to cover there, or no, sir? Yeah. That's good. Cool. So we're gonna go into our next segment and. What have we been reading? That's right. It's time for What Have We Been Reading. Um, During this segment, we are talking about the comics that we have been reading over the last couple weeks. Um, I will let Chip start with this because, yeah. What have you been reading the last couple weeks? I think uh, last time you were reading God of Thunder, correct? (laughs) Yeah. You're kind of doing that stuff. uh, God of Thunder and uh, Spear Spider-Man. Uh, I just finished up a uh, little three-parter for Superior Spider-Man. It was a a crossover event where, like, this time-displaced Dr. Octopus shows up, which shouldn't be a thing because Dr. Octopus is dead and his brain is inside Spider-Man at this point. Oh, so okay. So Spider-Man seeing Dr. Octopus, who is him, is kind of like, what now? <laughs> and uh, it's a cool crossover. They have like one issue of it was in uh, the all new X Men, which is like the time displaced original team that came to the future. Um, okay. And then Bruce Banner gets involved, uh, so it touches uh, Indestructible Hulk, and then uh, Superior Spider Man. There's a cool like nice. three issue crossover where uh, nice. like all three of them are dealing with like time travel and gamma radiation stuff. Oh, look at that! I'm, I'm looking at it right now. So. It's uh, the it's arms the... of the tentacles of the octopus. Oh, okay. Is the name of it. Okay. 
Yeah, that, uh, you know... The arms of the octopus. So, oh man, so time displacement. So so he's like, you lost me here a little bit. So Spider-Man has switched bodies with Doc Ock, right? So in a, an amazing Spider-Man 800... way back in amazing spider-man 800 doc ock is like on like on a respirator dying okay requests to like see spider-man one more time before he dies and he basically like uses some little spider bot nanobot machine to like swap brains with him to oh and so peter parker's brain is in doc ock's body Doc Ock's brain is inside Peter Parker's body, and then Doc Ock dies. Like his body dies with Peter Parker in his stomach. That's a a dead Peter Parker right there. (laughs) GG, well played. And so for like two or three years in real time in the comics, it's uh, Dr. Octopus inside Spider Man's body running around calling himself the superior Spider Man. Wow. That's a win. And so when these uh, time-displaced X-Men show up, and then like this crazy-ass time-displaced Dr. Octopus shows up, <laughs> Peter Parker, Doc Ock, is like, that's not real. That didn't happen. I don't remember traveling through time. That's not me. <laughs> and so like he's you know automatically pissed off because this dude's making Doc Ock like, clones or something. Like, I don't know. It's, it's cool. It's an interesting... Uh, like when you find out what it actually what's actually going on, it's a little less of a cool payoff than yeah. I was expecting, honestly. But it's a cool storyline. So let's see, Superior Spider-Man. I wanted to kind of look into writers and stuff like that. Um, sorry, I think I just I just messed up your page here. That's fine. I think I was doing fresh. I'm going back to original. Yeah, Superior Spider-Man, 2013. Uh, Delgado, Kaliger, Stegman, Wacker, and Slot. Dan Slot, dude, he has done so much for Spider-Man. Like Dan Slot is the man as far as Spider-Man goes for like the last decade or so. Every really cool storyline that's come out of Spider-Man has been like the brainchild of Dan Slot. Okay. Heck yeah. Um, what are some of the other storylines that he's done? Because you know, I'm I'm really. Like uh, taking Spider-Man, this in and did, starting like, to I read things. Say he so. was the one that did Spider Island, where like the entire island of Manhattan starts getting like spider powers. <laughs> what? Like yeah. everyone in the in the island gets that's cool. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Some of those storylines are crazy. Uh, they did. They just recently wrapped up another clone saga. Like remember the classic clone saga from the '90s where. Uh, Ben Riley replaced Peter Parker because he was the real Spider-Man and Peter Parker was a clone and Jet and yeah, it was interesting. But yeah, right. they just recently did like a whole new clone saga where like Kane, who's like another Peter Parker clone, comes back and God. It's really cool. I I like all the clone storylines. Nice. Ben Riley and Kane are both really cool characters that they've fleshed out over the years. Okay. Did uh, were you reading any other anything else other than the Ultimate Spider-Man? No, honestly, I was uh, I was a little bit light this week. I uh, only read like four books this week. Uh, yeah. Three of them were that contained storyline, and one of them was uh, just finishing up like the Superior Spider-Man team up issues. 
right. Those are like different books that are like little standalone storylines where he teams mm-hmm. up with people. The one that I just finished, he basically takes the Sinister Six and like <laughs> mind controls them and calls them the Superior Six and makes <laughs> them follow him around fighting crime. Oh my God. Because <laughs> he's like, you know what? The only reason Dr. Octopus failed is because you fuck ups always fucked up. So you gotta <laughs> do exactly what I say. That's Which funny. Is a very Doc Ock thing to do. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that here soon. Dude, I so thank you for uh Chip is letting me borrow his uh Marvel pass here. I'm gonna end up having to buy it myself soon, but I have realized starting to read comics how crazy that world is yeah i know i a lot of times i'm like it's pretty convoluted because like yup it's pretty convoluted sometimes and it was like i did a lot of research because i started looking through comics and i was like i don't know where to start where where do i begin you know i started looking up on google where do you start reading comics where should i start reading comics and it's and it's always like, you know, choose your favorite character and then read okay. their stories or do that sort of thing. But you know, I, I don't really have like a favorite character as much. I just want to know more. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. that's really like that's how I did it. I started off with uh, Civil War and Annihilation when I started reading through like chronologically, mm-hmm. Those were, like both from 2005 um, and then like different like I started reading those events and then like they have like the eight books that are like the actual event books, like civil war, number one, civil war, number two, but then they have right. all the tie-ins and crossovers. Right. And so that's really where I started. Cause it's like these three issues of Spider-Man are in the civil war. And so once I finished civil war, I just kept that Spider-Man book in my s- series list. Right. And then anytime, like, I don't know, anytime it referenced something that I thought was cool, I like, about a different character, I would like go back and add that character's book from that time onto my list. That way I could get the backstory from that. So it's just, I don't know. It really ballooned out. I have so many books <laughs> in the library. Like it is insane. The amount of books I have in the library. I, uh, I really just went basic. Cause I, I'm, I went with what I'm watching now and that's yeah. WandaVision. And so yeah, I saw, I saw I've, that. You were, uh... I've heard that house of M, um, they pull from that storyline a little bit. So I was like, you know, fuck it. I'll just start with that, which it was a good choice. Like, it, good idea. It was, man, it was weird because again, <laughs> again, it's comics it's don't like, have a, they don't have a story to or an ending or anything like that. It's like, I'm picking up from where this person left off and we're just going to go from there because how, and I read the whole run of house of them. I think it's eight issues, eight or nine issues, something like that really it's cool really story it just starts off at like hey this is where we are yeah and it's <laughs> and it's just like a wasteland they just start off in this wasteland with you know scarlet witch is freaking out about stuff she had killed hawkeye i guess in some oh, did you see that scene where she disassembled him i think that was in disassembled and that's okay i and feel see, like you just started that did you see that scene yet i haven't yet <laughs> but that's it's, why i started it I, I went back and I went House of M was really, really cool. I really liked it. Um, it was it was basically just Wanda messing everything up. And it's I think how she does that. Yeah, I think that's a really cool like I think that's kind of what's going on in WandaVision. But she 
you know, the first issue I think sucked me in the most because you're like, and I, and I have to read these a couple times because I'm not the most, like, I don't notice a lot of stuff when I'm reading books. It's like listening to music. I I listen to the music to listen to the music part of it first, and then I'll listen to it again to listen to the lyrics part. So same thing with comics. I'm going to read it to get the story part, and then I'm going to go through it again to see all the little details in the art that I missed, right? So first time reading through um, the first issue, I, I loved it. And them discussing, oh my God, should we kill Wanda? And Captain America's like, no, what are you stupid? And like, they just go and bicker and then Quicksilver freaks out and goes to like, stop, you know, stop Wanda from whatever. And they're trying to save her. And so they do decide to go find her, the like X-Men like and Avengers. Frost. Emma Frost is like, we should just murk that bitch, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty that. much. Everyone <laughs> doesn't play games. She's, she's kind like, of no, a dick. That's right. You stop that. <laughs> yeah. But they, so they go to get her and she's gone, right? Um, until Peter Parker, this is the end of the, the, the book. Peter Parker walks around the corner and there's just a light, a bright light. And he wakes up in bed next to Gwen Stacy. And I was like, oh, oh. So at first I thought it was Mary Jane, but the second going through it again, I was like, wait, that's Gwen Stacy. And she's supposed to be dead right now. What the fuck is happening? And so it was a really cool premise where Wanda was like trying to give all the mutants and all the people with powers exactly what they wanted in life where, but, but in turn kind of took the humans and kind of that fucked them up. Cause you know, you like yeah. what one person wants is not what the other person wants. Like, you know, right. And, and I yeah, just it, wish she would love me. I just wish that one would love me. Well, right. I'm just going to, Force you all into a nice little love triangle, <laughs> yeah, and you're happy about it. Cool. And so, I liked the the little girl that brought them all back to reality. I guess. Oh, there goes gravity, because like these guys had no idea what was going on. Like this little girl would look them in the eyes and and remind them of everything that had happened before in the other reality before Wanda changed everything and. Eventually they get to Wanda and she's like, you know what? Fuck it. No more mutants. And then all the mutants lose their powers. Not all of them, but most it mutants is, lose their powers. It's like and, 98% uh, after she says no more mutant. And it's based, and it's based on power level. So like oh, weak okay. mutants lose their powers. Uh, oh, wow. Like any of the ones that are just like, I have scales, but no like actual powers. I'm just a weird looking mutant. Like looks normal again. Um, only like the really high power mutants keep their powers like the alpha and omega level mutants keep their powers but the rest of them are pretty much finito so like well, magneto still has his cyclops still has his but right like, a lot of the b-listers well, are gone. and like the people with accidents like spider-man still had his powers and right you know the hulk still had his powers stuff like that yeah she wasn't getting rid of like all the meta humans she was right. just getting rid of the mutants like, right very specifically but then it just ends. And so this is where I'm conflicted because I'm like, holy shit, I really want to know what happens after. But I really want to know how they got to this point. <laughs> so I think the lead up to that was. Uh, it was disassembled. Something was messed up with vi like something was fucking up with Vision and Scarlet Witch. 
I think either had to put him down because he was becoming too much of a threat, or she tried to fix him and fucked up and destroyed him. Oh. Or I think he died somehow. She brings him back to life, but what she brings back to life is not quite the vision that she was hoping it would be. Interesting. Then, Interesting that you say that. Having, yeah, and then he's having issues with his new, like, reality. Um, yeah. And so, like, it kind of, yeah. So it's, it's very similar. Yeah, and, right like, and, and that's why I wanted to, to read that, because WandaVision from, you know, I just keep hearing all this stuff that it's, you know, kind of related to it. Um, Definitely. It's a and, good call. And I'm I'm starting to think, like, after reading that story, I'm really starting to think that, Wanda could seriously be one of the main villains in this next phase. And, and I think that, yeah, she definitely could be, like, very easily. Um, I feel like the fact that this is setting up a trilogy tells me she is the big bad of this trilogy. Yeah. Unless she's being manipulated. But, like, right. I don't know. I saw, like, I don't know. I'll, I'll wait until we're actually in the WandaVision discussion. <laughs> like, I, oh, man, there's some interesting nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh I don't know. I, I really liked House of M and I'm I'm super stoked to to read some more of these stories because yeah, I'm, I'm all a, about a good it. Man. One to start with. Um I'd say honestly my favorite series to just straight read through would be the Thunderbolts started in nineteen ninety-eight. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's been on and off like since then. But like yeah, I feel like there's a current Thunderbolts right now where bucky's the lead leading the team uh, that was okay. just recently but sure i really like thunderbolts they're uh sure. they're a really good oh good keep team, that good series it's a fun there's game. there's so many star wars comics on that yeah. unlimited too oh, yeah. um and there a lot of them are current they they don't have any high republic comics yet which is kind of sad oh, but it's about six months behind Okay, cool. Uh, so so, like so they'll get them eventually. In store, about six months later, it comes out like on here. So like, okay. if you look at like new this week, we're looking at October of 2020. So okay, gosh, cool. About four or five months. Man, ago. and I should go hit up Mutiny here in Denver. Uh, shout out to Mutiny, one of the the only comic book shops left around in Denver. They're freaking awesome. If you ever get the chance, go there, get a cup of coffee, check out some records and read some comics. Cause those guys are great. So big shout Absolutely. out to Mutiny. Those brick and mortar comic stores, but, they need like, they thrive on people walking in and buying stuff. Yeah, man. They're and, I love those places. And they always have the, you know, this week's newest issues or whatever it is. So I need to go in there and start getting that high Republic stuff. Cause I'm really interested to see the, Y young Yoda, basically, is what I'm what I'm looking forward to. But Qui-Gon got confirmed for the Obi Wan series. Mason <laughs> confirmed. Of course, you saw that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dumb. <laughs> Didn't you call that though? Like yeah, you predicted that. Though. Probably. I predict, I predict a lot of things in Star Wars, man. It's kind of a it's kind of a curse and a blessing, but. I'm still excited when it happens. You know what I mean? It's it's. I'm sure oh, you yeah. do the same thing in Marvel sometimes, where you you're like, "Oh yeah, this is totally gonna happen." And then when it happens, you're like, "Yes, that was awesome!" But I totally <laughs> called it. Yeah, there's literally <laughs> been things that I like 100% predicted, but still like seeing it happen is still like super satisfying. Just like yeah, oh. yeah, for sure. So I'm also just I'm so excited to, to read more of these. I really want to read the Secret Wars story. 
that might be something I read next because I, I think that's going to be a pretty big like overlaying story arc in Secret Wars. Um, that's the one where they go to Latveria, I believe, right? I think so. And there's like a bunch of scrolls and stuff mm-hmm. that have taken yeah, over a bunch of heroes and shit. So, oh, that's Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. That's what I want. I'm sorry. Secret Wars yeah, is okay. the one with Doctor Doom and like. Yeah, Secret Wars is the one where like Nick Fury recruits all these heroes to do like some under the table shit in Latveria, yeah. and they all get busted out. Yeah, and that's like what leads into the Civil War. See, man, yeah, there's there's so much to read and get into and and secret invasions right so. after the civil war okay well so shit like, all right well maybe i'll yeah, start so with like, secret yeah, wars maybe, then uh, go into civil maybe, war uh, maybe a lot of that civil war was caused by the scrolls doing shit behind the scenes like hmm. Hmm, maybe it was hmm. conveniently enough like there's so, marvel's so good at that shit i wanted to ask you um with with these i noticed a lot of like story arcs leading up to house of m are like one-off issues of things it's like you know, Avengers number 580 is this storyline where this person does this and it has to do with House of M, but, it, you know, the 509 or 510 doesn't have anything to do with that story. Right. Yeah. It's just like the tie in issue. Yeah. Is that well, a... and also and part of it's also because like. Like the, the comic books you're reading is like what's going on in the main universe. And for that issue, the main universe wasn't the main universe. Like, and I think that's the case on a lot of different books. Like, they did it for they did it for that, where like the main book you're reading is suddenly not in that universe because we're not in that universe anymore. Sure. They did it for Age of Apocalypse in the '90s for like the month or two that Age of Apocalypse was going on. Every book that came out was set in the Age of Apocalypse because the six one six wasn't around. Oh. Replaced. Okay. Okay. So it's just like so some of those one-offs it's it's because of that like the re- reality is not here. Like mm-hmm. so there's not anything going on in real reality but then once reality gets shifted back like oh we're back to this. Right. Yeah, cuz it you just yeah, there's a lot a lot going on there but um I definitely recommend anyone that's looking to go into comics just find a story arc that you've heard about or that you're interested in and just Look up on Google what books are part of that story arc and just read those ones because there's so much going on. Um, and I'm I'm excited to read more and I'm excited for you guys, the viewers, to see the evolution of where we go with our reading. So <laughs> it's like I give these cursory explanations that sound like I'm explaining like the whole storyline. <laughs> like I'm giving you like giving nothing, you like thirty seconds, <laughs> like five hours worth of content so i mean yeah definitely worth reading There's it's good too turns that get you to yeah like, man and and the artwork in these is top notch all the time like that that's oh, what yeah. comics is mainly about is that artwork dude like the stories are fantastic all the time but i love looking at all the different things and and the way that they get their story across you know it's it's like watching a storyboard for a movie it's wonderful <laughs> have you figured have you figured out any of like all the tricks on reading marvel unlimited like double tap it to zoom in you can go yeah. panel by panel so like instead of full pages so that's the yeah. way to read it panel by panel that way you don't like turn a page and get the spoiler before you're actually like oh, there right you know i didn't i didn't know about the panel by panel i'm gonna have to look at that because i know about the zoom in 
But the panel thing is, uh, I get a little confused with panels sometimes. I'll read the wrong bubble and be like, wait. The oh, easiest yeah. <laughs> way to like get it set is to go to like an actual page where like there's multiple bubbles and then like double tap on one of the speech things that'll zoom in and then just like tap the side of the page like you're changing the page and it'll just go bubble to bubble in the ah. proper and it is it yeah it is money it immerses you better because like those little quips where it's like you're supposed to read the line before you see the picture you actually do it that way and right like, oh it just adds that little bit of flavor and so i was thinking about uh starting at x-men number one i feel like, like that'd be 1967 yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's ambitious <laughs> just going ambitious. through all of it just all of it we're just gonna do a whole 2021 is going to be MCM's review of X-Men and all of X-Men. <laughs> There's going to be about 10 years where Jean Grey's learning that she has powers. Iceman throws snowballs for about five years before he realizes he can ride on an ice. <laughs> Beast just runs around barefoot for a while. There's no big deal. He just like, eventually he becomes big and furry. <laughs> ah, that makes That makes sense. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's all we got for uh, what we have been reading. Um, we're going to move on to our next little bit of segment. Normally we do an artist of the month um, or week, but this time we're going to do the voting. What is it? Explain what this is before I bring it up again. Chip, please. All right. So currently in uh, X-Men comics, they're living on this uh, living island called Krakoa. And they decided that they're gonna have, uh, they're gonna establish a new X Men team to like be the new, like, front force, like to defend the mutants. Uh, and they decided that they're gonna elect the new team democratically. Uh, so most of the like team selection democratically is gonna be like, just in storyline. Like the characters in the books are gonna vote for most of the team. Oh, okay. Um, no, it's gonna be Cyclops and Jean Grey. We don't know who the other members are, which is like my qualm for voting because I'm like, well, why do I want to vote for a blaster if we already have three other blasters? But we know Jean Grey and we know Cyclops for sure. And um, so what we're doing here is Marvel so, is yep. allowing us to vote, and correct? So, yeah, and so they're opening it up for fans to vote for one of the slots, and they gave us uh, 10 candidates to choose from. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. And it ends, wow, tonight. So tonight is your last so chance. This it is uh, this is where I'm voting here. I don't know anything. So I know Banshee. Um, yeah, let's wait. Let's uh, let's actually. Uh, I was gonna go through and I was break gonna them read down. Like yeah, yeah. Little descriptions of each character. Uh, I'm basically just gonna kind of ad lib what they have on Wiki. I'm just gonna give you a quick little rundown on each character. Do it. You. Uh, and then once I do that, like, let's go ahead and have you vote for us i will absolutely uh, so do that i got the list written down here first one i guess the list is uh we have polaris banshee forge boom boom tempo cannonball sunspot strong guy marrow and armor and some of those names are a lot more recognizable than others uh, like, I feel like most people are familiar with, like, Forge, 
feel most people are familiar with Strong Guy. Anybody that played like Marvel vs. Capcom is familiar with Mero. Uh, so yeah, pretty uh, pretty diverse crowd here. So we'll start Funny. with... Uh, Hang on before... So, so Jesse says uh, vote for Silver Surfer. Thanks, yeah, thanks Jesse, for the comments. That's a cute joke. <laughs> we are live, by the way. For those of you listening on the podcast, we are live. So um, we do record these live every other Monday. And... Uh, then they come out on the podcast later. So anyway, um, you said you wanted to start with Polaris. Yeah, we'll just go down the okay. list. Uh, cool. So Polaris, uh, anybody that's watched The Gifted, um, that live action Fox show, uh, Polaris is one of the main characters on there. Uh, her name is Lorna Dane. She is Magneto's daughter. Um Another one of Magneto's daughters. Yeah, he's got a few. Um, <laughs> Michael Fassbender was a great Magneto. <laughs> he, was, he was. Yeah, she. Uh, she's basically Magneto light. Uh, she's Magneto's daughter. She ha- she inherited his abilities, so she has magnetic manipulation. Uh, she's been in X Factor, the X Men. Um, she's been around for quite a while she was in x-factor for like most of her career that's uh the team that she was on with havoc her and havoc are an item oh yeah, the time. yeah havoc, uh, okay yeah she's pretty uh pretty cool character she uh does the magnetism and she's magneto's daughter those are her <laughs> those are her big name see that's like, i only know polaris from i think one of the marvel ultimate alliance games oh yeah I, I think I'm not positive, but I don't know if she was a playable character. She might have been a, somebody that you had to fight. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Maybe uh, yeah. But, <laughs> I don't remember, man. Uh, next up would be Banshee. Banshee is uh he's classic. He's old school. He's been in uh, since the '60s. He first appeared in X Men number 28, 1967. Whoa! So he's like. Probably the oldest character canonically on the list. Has he not been uh, around for a minute? I feel like he's been dead for a while. Oh. Um, and that was one of the big things with this new line of X-Men comics. They're on Krakoa, and they discovered these resurrection protocols. And so they're able to resurrect any mutant that dies or has been dead. So like Xavier's back, Banshee's back. All these other mutants that have been dead for years suddenly came back. God, they they always come characters. back, don't they? You can never kill off characters. In right. Comics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Banshee has uh, his. He's called Banshee because of his sonic scream. So he like. Oh. Yeah. Like, he was in uh, first stuff. class. Yes. The X Men first class. He was the kid that would scream at the ocean and then do the flying squirrel thing. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Um, he's an Irish mutant. Um, he can fly. Uh, All right. Can, he can fly? Interpol agent. Can he fly or can he float? Uh, he has flight. Like in the movie, they did it like he, uh, like he floats and just yells at the ground. But like, it just, it says he flies. See, like, I feel like the yelling at the ground thing was cooler. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, using sound waves to like float you know i thought that was kind of cool but who's next forge 
uh, who people may know from. He's probably one of the more recognizable names on here. Uh, See, I've never heard of Forge. Oh, he was in the X-Men cartoon for a couple episodes. He uh, sends Wolverine back in time. During the, uh, I need to rewatch those. Wolverine and Bishop back in time during the uh, Days of Future Past. Okay. Gosh, I need um, to rewatch all that stuff. Yeah, Forge would be uh, Forge would be giving people some uh, indigenous representation. He's a okay Native American character. Um, he's got. He's basically he's got a genius level intellect, and his mutant power is inventing shit. Inventing shit? Yeah. Superhuman intuitive talent at inventing. So he makes <laughs> Okay. He just makes really clever guns. Um he's good at marksmanship. Apparently he has various mystical abilities. I must have missed those. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, for like most of the time that they use him, he was in uh X Force. He's like cables uh go-to guy on comms to like plan all the heists and stuff like that like okay. Forge is, uh, he's less in the field and more of a uh, big brain running things and equipping the team look at the big brain on forge absolutely he's <laughs> only got one leg he's got a robot leg which is cool okay okay darth mauling it up a little bit a little bit <laughs> we have boom boom next and uh boom boom is actually another x-force uh, boom boom former x-force member that's uh, she, such a funny name to me her big thing is uh like when she does she makes explosions and like anytime she does it she uh she'll go tick 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 and then it blows up <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah she uh her name's tabitha smith uh she's a human mutant she's been in the uh new mutants x-force X-Men. Uh, ah, she first appeared in Secret Wars number two, issue number five. November 85, yeah. yeah. Um, she creates variably sized yellow orbs of pure mental energy that explode with concussive and deadly force. So she makes like little light grenades that she okay. throws basically that explode. Yeah. Um, she's badass. Really badass. Like, they give her, she is very sassy. Sassy. <laughs> yeah, she's very sassy. She has like a white trash criminal background. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, she's been in she's been on teams for quite a while. Like Okay. Uh, yeah. So she's been around. She uh she's never really been like an A team A lister. But that well, is I mean boom, boom. X Force is kinda B C list anyway though, isn't it? For sure. X Force like. is like cables team like they've yeah and then for a while x-force was like the uh wetworks team of the x-men like wolverine <laughs> ran the team and they were very bloody like they would <laughs> just go out and assassinate people that were threats to mutants it was a pretty hardcore like it's a pretty hardcore line uh, but i think i have a couple of those actual comics where wolverine is yeah it's like part Uncanny of the x-force i think yeah things. yeah and then like standard x-force is like cables team okay okay there. nice um, Tempo would be next up on the list, and Tempo is actually a, a former villain. Uh, she was in the Mutant Liberation Front, which is uh, like an old school Generation X and X Men villain. Uh, say, wasn't that the uh, Magneto thing? 
No, uh, Magneto's thing was the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Brotherhood, that's right, that's right. That's and right. They've, ch- they've, they've changed that now. Like, it's just the Brotherhood of Mutants now, but in the day, it was the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. For sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, she is. That's funny. Yeah, Tempo's really cool. She's got, like, time manipulation powers. Uh, so she can fly, and then she can, like, manipulate time. Uh, she's able to slow or stop her enemies, speed herself up, or speed up her teammates. Uh, she oh, man. can, like, she can stop explosions by, like, holding them in stasis. So, like, the explosion never actually, like, goes off. It's just, like, frozen oh. where it is. Is it kind of like the, the Scarlet Witch thing in Civil War, where she stops the explosion and then, like, throws it up in the air from uh, Crossbones or whatever his name was? You know what I I'm talking about? Similarly, but like, re- but that was more like her redirecting it. Tempo literally like freezes it. Like, oh, this explosion's happening. Happening. Like, I freeze it. It stops. Oh, so like, think okay. like the Quicksilver scene in uh, the X Men movie where like they freeze everything and he's running really fast. I think like that. Like that. Like perception where the explosion wasn't moving at all. She literally okay. like does that. Freezes stuff. Uh, <laughs> all right. Little, uh, Man. And it's she's, never really she's... been established how long she can like go back and forward in time. Um, I hope but she can go like, back in several time. minutes has been done before. Hmm. But, uh... Interesting. She's that's new. That's I've mm-hmm. never heard of her either. Yeah, she's very obscure. Uh, she wears like a uh, Juggernaut esque helmet. I was just gonna has... say that. Yeah, she's got the bucket head. Uh, it, so, it, like, covers, she it covers it covers her chin be. though too, instead of yeah. just the uh, <laughs> yeah. just the thing. and that prevents uh, telepathic probes and stuff. So sure, sure, that makes sense. Her first appearance was uh, New Mutants number eighty six in nineteen ninety. Okay. Uh, next one is somebody that we're probably more familiar with because of the New Mutants movie that just came out. Oh, I still need to see that. You didn't see it. Uh-uh. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. The the one with uh, Arya Stark, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Anya Taylor-Joy. There we go. Sorry, guys. I should have been bringing this up this whole time, but here's Cannonball right here. <laughs> Word. But yeah, nice, little, um, nice little picture of Cannonball him. Cannonball Sam Guthrie. Kind of. he, uh, he can become an invulnerable while he's flying. So, like, he creates a force field around himself while he's blasting off and flying. Okay. Uh, but it's only while he's in flight. So if he's not flying around, he uh, can definitely be harmed. Um, mm. But he's he's taken out some crazy people before. Like, he's knocked out... Um, he's uh, He was able to absorb and redirect one of Gladiator's punches, uh, which is impressive. That's, that's kind of a big deal, right? Yeah, Gladiator in the comics, he can literally like punch through a planet. Like no cap. Like there was a there was some issue where he's rushing to some place and there was a planet in his way and he's like, Well, I can't waste time going around it. So he just right. punches through the fucking planet. Um So that's pretty impressive. I but like yeah, his, uh... can't uh he's invulnerable when he like is in flight. He creates his own little blast field that protects him. Um He's been around for quite a while. Um, I was just gonna say with with 
this picture right here on the side, on the right over here, looks like he's been around for a long, long time. Yeah, new mutants, uh, old school uh, thing. 1982. So he's ah. been around since like the first run of New Mutants. Wow. Man, so they're really digging for this thing, huh? They're really going to... Yeah, this like... is probably like the last like obscure spot. Like They'll probably have like the normal team, basically, and then just this one guy. It'll, be, it'll probably be like Gene... Cyclops, Colossus, Magic. Right. It's been the go-tos lately. The the norm. Yeah, Magic. They really established Magic as like a big player on the X-Men. Like Colossus's little sister. She's like really? the go-to now for a lot of stuff. She can teleport the whole team around and stuff. Um, next on the list would be Sunspot. Okay. Who is a I, another one I've never heard of. Yeah, he's another New Mutant. He was also in the uh, New Mutants movie that just came out. Um, he's also uh, he also first appeared in New Mutants nineteen eighty two, uh, so he's been around for quite a while. He was uh, wow. He's kind of he's crazy. He's just like a shadow. It looks yeah, like he's pretty cool. He has superhuman strength, flight. He can absorb and rechannel solar energy. And he can uh, he has heat and light manipulation, concussive blasts, and plasma emission. Uh, Dang. He is he's a powerhouse. He is uh, one of the stronger candidates on the list for like sheer power set. Right. Uh, I would say probably like probably Sunspot and Polaris are the two most dangerous. Like pound for pound on the list, those two are probably the most dangerous because of like the extra shit they can do with their power. Like, a lot of people can blow stuff up, but Polaris can, like, manipulate magnetic fields. So, like, she could, like, <laughs> she can do all the, all that nasty science stuff that relies on magnetics. Right. She can do any of that stuff that like, right. is really heady science that I don't understand, but, like, physics <laughs> people would. Uh, sure, she can do sure. All that. And then Sunspot, again, with, like, heat and light manipulation and solar absorption. She yeah. can do a lot of shit with, like, the Earth's core. And like redirecting sun power, like he can do a lot of interesting side things because of his power set as well. Right. Um, so I'd say him and Polaris definitely the two strongest. Well, what about this guy, strong guy though? He looks pretty freaking <laughs> well, we strong. Got strong guy, strong guy's a uh, fan favorite. People really like him. Um, look just at like his this, look. He's just this big. dude is crazy looking. <laughs> He's just big and muscular. He looks like Craig without is, the brain. Um, his name's uh, Guido. For real? Oh yeah, real life Guido. <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> not Guido Carosella. He's an Italian. Wow. Guy. He wow. first appeared in uh, New Mutants number twenty nine. He's freaking huge. Yeah, My goodness. Um, his big like, and it's not even just super strength. He has the ability to rechannel kinetic energy into physical strength. So like punches that he like if he takes a punch he's gonna hit you back with a much stronger punch because he like absorbs that and amplifies it back to you um, oh oh so like if oh. the hulk punches him in the face the hulk is gonna get a big fucking left hook back. <laughs> <laughs> a tremendous big left hook back okay okay uh, so he's another powerhouse but his uh his power set is very like requires somebody to hit him like He's a good, sure. like, 
he's a good meat shield. Like he'll he'll go toe to toe with anybody, but uh, like if he's not getting beat up, he's not necessarily gonna like lift the house off you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Huh. That's that's interesting. I I like him though. I I think I, I think I like him so far. Next up, we have Marrow, who uh, is one of the Morlocks, I believe. She's got a cool look. She does have an interesting look. Um, she's been in Marvel vs. Capcom, the video games. Oh, okay. So, like, some people may recognize her from that. Well, wasn't she also in X-Men 3? Or there was like a version of her in X-Men 3? Oh, yeah, I think so. Uh, the, the Last Stand or whatever, like... Because I could swear, like, just seeing this photo with all the bones coming out, I feel like they had a, a character in there that did that. Maybe not. Oh, she made a cameo appearance uh, as one of the test subjects in Deadpool. Oh. Okay. So one of those. She had a cool look, in though. In the video game, X-Men Legends, she's a boss. And then... Uh, Maybe Marvel that's Capcom 2 and Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Maybe that's also where I'm thinking because I love those Legends games. Did you ever play the Legends games? Yeah, for Man, sure. They were, for they sure. were tight. Uh, she was created by Jeff Le- Loeb. Le- Lieb? Oh, Leb. Jeff Loeb. Yeah, he he's a big name in Batman comics. Like, yeah. A lot of really cool storylines for Batman. Um, he's also the basis for yeah. the used, but... Oh, I'm kidding. He also kidding. did a lot of... Uh, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> see. He also did a lot of work on uh, Deadpool for a while. <laughs> uh, but Marrow has a moderate hand-to-hand combatant, expert tracker, edged throwing weapons proficiency. So she's not even good at it. She's just proficient. <laughs> Controlled bone growth, regenerative, regenerative healing factor, and superhuman strength, stamina, durability, and agility. So she is... A bargain bin Wolverine. Oh, <laughs> okay. Like, I mean, power set wise, she's a bargain bin Wolverine. Okay. Uh, she, uh, yeah, she was taken in by the Morlocks, who were like those sewer dwelling mutants. Sure. Lived, like below the city. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and then, uh, and then she's what? Right. And then armor. I, I'm looking. I'm so I'm looking at armor right now. What what's up with this guy? Is this just Iron Man without Tony Stark, or like uh, he just looks so weird? That's that's not armor. That's, that's not armor. armor. This that is armor. Was. Okay, okay. Yeah, that other dude. I'm not sure who that was. But like, what yeah, the... armor is? Uh, okay. She is pretty effing cool. She was created by Joss Whedon. Uh, really? She first, yeah. She that's a sudden was... but ne- sudden but inevitable rewatch. Shout out right there. Oh yeah, Josh, Josh Week made uh, the Firefly. Firefly yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he also did a run on Marvel Comics for a while. Uh, Astonishing X Men from two thousand four. Uh, her first appearance was Astonishing X Men number four, uh, created by Joss Whedon and John Cassidy. Really cool student. Uh, she has like a really cool relationship with Wolverine. Um, she is all right. That's cool. 
She's got the ability to generate an impenetrable psionic exoskeleton body armor that grants superhuman strength, invulnerability, reflexes, agility, endurance, stamina, dexterity, and durability. So uh, just so essentially, that is kind of invincible. like Psylocke's mind sword. Like Psylocke makes her little mind blade. She yeah. makes mind armor. And she can make huh. it very big. Like most of those pictures you're seeing are like her doing the armor about her size. She can do right. it huge. Like she can do building size armor that fights off like Godzilla's and stuff. Uh, all so right. She's got a pretty cool power set. Um, so all of that being said, I, I mean, we got a pretty good view of what all these characters are. Hmm? Who did you vote for? I voted for Tempo. For Tempo? Yep. I got my vote in earlier really? today and I voted for Tempo. I, uh, I kind of shipped for villains, uh, so she's uh, the former villain that's been redeemed, and I kind of shipped for that, hence huh. my love of Thunderbolts, because that's what they are. Um, okay, all so right. I, I voted for Tempo. I think time manipulation is a fun thing to be able to play with in storylines, and then uh, former villain Gone Good is fun to play with as well. Man, I'm, I'm having a hard time choosing, so I really like Strong Guy. Mm-hmm. I really like Sunspot, but I, I really like Cannonball, too. So can Cannonball fly? Does he fly? Yeah, Cannonball flies. He, like, creates... Actually, give me one sec. Let me grab my Cannonball toy. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to play some, some music here while, while Chip gets his Cannonball toy, I suppose, but kind of look through these guys again. Armor is really cool. So... Man, I can't I can't decide which one I want to vote for here. Chip Chip said he voted for Tempo. Let's uh let's check out Tempo again cuz I didn't I didn't get to put that one up here on the on the screen. So Tempo's got a a pretty cool little uh little outfit like we were saying with the the Juggernaut. It's like Juggernaut with a chin or something. Yeah. But Straight uh bucket hat. Looks yeah. just like uh, the old school Iron Man helmet or like the old school Nova helmet. But uh, you've got the Cannonball toy now, right? I do your, in my hand. Figure? Let's 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 see um, this bad boy. So I'm gonna show it to you piece by piece because like this is what he uh, kind of looks like there. He's got okay. his little outfit. Here. But they only oh oh my. So like, they only gave us half a toy. They gave us a torso. And then he's got his rocket, his flames. So they literally gave us half of a toy. It was a big complaint that a lot of people had. <laughs> but that's Cannonball. He blasts off. <laughs> and when he's flying, and that's very, that, I mean, that's an accurate interpretation from the comic books. Like, his lower <laughs> half becomes flames, essentially. But uh, he's got, like, a force field around him while he's flying. Hmm. But, uh, yeah. Man, that's, that's, like, that was such a big complaint. Like everybody on my toy forums was bitching, and apparently they're actually releasing legs for him sometime this year. Really? So, so you can yep. switch them out. So you could actually finish your figure sometime this year. That's awesome. Well, I think you know. I, I think I'm gonna have to vote for. I think I'm gonna have to vote for Sunspot. I think he had the coolest look, and I liked he, his. He does have a cool look. I've. Uh, I like. I'd like to see a little, little more about him too. So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna vote for Sunspot. 
if you guys voted out there, you let us you let us know who you voted for, and and we'll keep you keep you posted on on what they're doing there. You vote. I'm gonna set this down and grab sunspot. I I just voted. My vote is in. It is in there. You didn't see it live because I didn't have it up in time, but uh, I did vote. So. That being said, I think it's just about time here to move on to our next and final segment of the show. Um, as as Chip comes back here, he is coming back. Um, yeah, and we've got we, Sunspot in his classic outfit. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. That, that's. I'm glad I picked him. I like that. I like that. Those of you listening on the podcast right now, we do record this live. Check out the live stream on twistmyarm.com or on Facebook. And you can see these toys that we're talking about. Some of the pictures we're looking at. Um, Let's see. What do you think here? You want to take a quick two-minute break before we start going into WandaVision? Sure. We could do that. I think I think we should because there's going to be a lot to talk about here. So we are back to talk all about WandaVision episodes three and four. Woo! Oh my goodness! Uh, th- thanks again for watching. Thanks for listening to the Marvel Cinematic Monday podcast. Um, last time, last episode, we talked about the first two episodes of WandaVision, which were. Interesting, to say the least. They were set in the sixties. Chip, Chip's gone. Is Chip still there? Chip's gone. He's just Chip's he's just Chip's left. Here. He's gone. He left. Yeah, he's here. Um, <laughs> they, so the first two episodes are what set in the fifties and sixties, I think, and it was a very confusing set of first episodes for this show. Yeah. So flash forward to now, and we've seen episodes three and four. Um, I do want to do a little bit of a synopsis here. Um, Sorry, I should have had this up already. My bad. Um, Basically, the episode is called uh, Now in Color. Episode three, Now in Color. And gosh, man, it it starts. It's a a 70s show. It's, It's all back in color. They have a 70s intro. Um, all the decor, 70s, and um, basically the premise of the episode is Wanda's pregnant immediately, and she has the baby within a day. She finds out she's pregnant in end of episode two, and then by the end of episode three, she has twins, not just one baby, but she has twins, and there's some weird things that happen during the episode. Um one of them being like the the twitch i call it the the wanda blip because it it just like there's a scene where uh vision is kind of like he's kind of questioning things you know he's like what what's actually happening here and he uh I, i have it here he says uh he says do you think people are gonna discover our secret I think it's it's more than just a secret. And he, he says, uh, I think something is wrong here. And then all of a sudden, blip, and it and it goes back like 10 seconds. And Vision he says is like... a completely different line. Yes, it's totally different. And, and it's just like, 
it's so weird because it does it in the first two episodes too, where there's just like, you know, Wanda rewinds basically at, at one scene, and then there's another blip where the radio's someone's talking to her through the radio, and she just blips it out and restarts real quick, and like same thing here with Vision, and it's it's getting more and more like you can definitely tell that something is wrong. You know what I mean? Um, so like the perfect, uh, like the edges of her perfect reality are starting to, uh, like crumble and crack a little down. bit. Yeah. Um, but there, there were some cool Easter eggs in this, in this episode. First of all, her kids' names were, uh, Billy and Tommy. Yes. Which is comic accurate. Yep. And what, what are their comic, like, alter uh, egos billy is known as wiccan and tommy is known as speed tommy basically gets quicksilver's powers and okay. uh, wiccan is essentially a reality warper like his mom okay okay interesting so that that it, these kids probably don't even exist because right now it looks like it's a it's an alternate reality but we can't really tell right Oh, I think Cause... those kids are real. <laughs> I think she birthed out two actual living, breathing children. But okay, uh, but I think there's more to it than that. Like they're, I don't, I don't think they're hers. Okay, like I don't think she gets to keep them. Oh, oh, you're you're thinking you're thinking this is a Mephitso kind of thing where he's got the two yep. pieces of his soul that he's trying to. Yep, I'm thinking she made a deal with the. Uh, figurative devil and mm. uh she doesn't like i don't think she really knows what she signed up for like yeah she got her two kids but like what what did she actually birth out like yeah right just because right. they're her kids doesn't mean that like they're her kids <laughs> like, right and it's it's kind of looking more and more like there's some sort of devil reference right i mean you got like it's been a theory that I've like seen teased for a while, like Mephisto. And I mean, like I, I haven't seen really any like overt, I guess there have been some apparently, but like, I haven't Just seen any overt that, that references to him. Say, but, uh, things that people say, like with yeah. Dottie, I think, um, the details, that's like the, uh, that's the yep. one line everybody keeps clinging to like, well, Oh, she said devil. It's gotta be Mephisto. And I'm like, I mean, that's a, that's a phrase that people say, like the devil's in the details. I mean, the, well, I feel like from some of my research on Mephisto, he he kind of he lurks in the dark a little bit, doesn't he? Kind of lurks around in, in the shadows. It's yeah, kinda... he doesn't necessarily want to like. He doesn't necessarily play his hand out. Yeah. So there's a really interesting thing that Agatha says. I'm calling her Agatha because that's pretty much who she is by now. What's what's her name though in the show? What do they call Agnes. her? Agnes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she is talking about her husband, Ralph, who we haven't seen yet. And she says, uh, oh, you know, Ralph looks better in the dark. Ralph looks better in the dark anyway. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love See, Catherine like, Hahn, dude. She's yeah. such a scene stealer, dude, <laughs> every great. time. She's great. And that whole scene right there when, when Vision is talking to the neighbors was also, you're like, oh, my God, something's com completely off here. First of all, the one neighbor is just like sawing through bricks. Wanda's like, yeah, because yeah, Wanda's right. focusing on something else. So the other characters just go into autopilot. Like, yeah. 
and and, and it, what he says, you know, he they're trying to say, you know, we're trapped. I swear he's like sitting there trying to say, you know, something, something, right. we're, all, we're all, we're all, we're and all. Vision's like, we're all what? And then it cuts. But doesn't Catherine Hahn's character start? Like, she's the one, like, that first, like, she's, like, I almost feel like she started to let something slip. Well, but they were asking about, they were asking about Geraldine. Because they were like, yeah. is Geraldine still in the house? Which, which then... She doesn't belong here. She doesn't have a home. She doesn't have a home. And, like, what do you mean she doesn't have a home? She's, she's not from here. And, like, you know, well, why don't we just leave? We can't leave. Why can't we leave? Because we're all, we're all. And then oh, what herb? <laughs> yep, yep. And then it just cuts. So another one of those, those cuts. Which when we get into episode four, I, I really love getting into those because there's some cool shit there. But but yeah, there, there's another cut where it just goes to like while Vision is talking to the neighbors, Wanda's talking to Geraldine in the house who actually helps birth her children. Yeah, and then the uh, sitcom like holding the fruit dish over her pregnant belly, like yes, yes, nothing yeah. here. Try, trying to cover it up, yeah. And the stork, like yeah, yeah. Just um, the top Brady bunch humor. When I love the the stork too, because it, she kept trying to like wish it away or like magic it away, and he would mm-hmm. just like flap his wings and the red dust would disappear. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, fuck you. The powers are on the fritz. I loved. Yeah. I love that Geraldine is wearing pants that have fish on them. And so the stork's trying to eat Going the fish. Going for the fish. <laughs> yeah. It's I great. Like, All right, I see you. Yeah. And, and the, you know, that, that scene with Geraldine, they're watching the kids basically, you know, looking, looking at the kids and uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Before we even go into that, the vision decides to walk the doctor out which we didn't even get into that point there's a doctor there that vision who does vision have super speed normally in in comics um i i don't i don't remember him having like actuals but but what he's got right now is quicksilver speed and and keep that keep that in the back of your head but when we get into episode four because I, i have some theories about that as well um but as Vision's walking the doctor out of the house after everything's said and done, the doctor's like struggles and he's like, "Yeah, it's just so hard." I don't think I'll. I don't think I'll get away after all. Yeah, and he's like, "It's just so hard to escape." Mm-hmm. And Vision like questions it, and then he goes to talk and to. That's when he sees like Herb and, and Agnes and, having their little chat. Yeah, and kind of asks them about stuff, and they freak out a little bit about Geraldine being in the house, which. Mm-hmm. As they're having that conversation, Wanda and Geraldine are standing over the kids and Wanda starts talking about her brother, Pietro. That she sings uh, the Sokovian lullaby. Yep. And then and then Geraldine like this. I really love this part because she kind of like she freaks out for a second. She's like, oh, your, your brother was killed by Ultron. Wasn't he? And then Wanda's like, what did you just say? And. And there's like yeah. a, a standoff kind of where one is like, I want you to leave. You need, you're not my friend. You need to get out. And then blip, another blip. And Geraldine's not there. And Vision comes in and he's like, hey, well, where'd Geraldine go? And oh, she had to run home, honey. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, then they, they end the episode with, with the hexagon fade in, which, again, we'll talk about that. But 
but that was i mean episode episode three was a great episode i liked it a lot um but it did not hold a candle it didn't didn't hold any sort of flame to, to episode four which look you you start that you you start episode four out with an unblip the unsnap of who uh monica rambo yeah that was that was intense i dude like so (laughs) it's hard to explain because like you know watching endgame and or infinity war and you see everyone turn to dust you're like oh shit but then endgame they're all just back you know you don't really you don't really see the see them undusting like yeah and in spider-man you kind of get a glimpse of like the chaos that happened after people came back but man did wandavision nail it with this scene where monica wakes up in the hospital like first of all it's like her dripping back into reality basically she's unsnapping which is conscious of it at the end like she actually sees her hands what yeah and like wakes up in this hospital and everyone is freaking out Mm -hmm. which i love the panic of that whole scene because that would be hectic that's exactly what would happen like yeah like, we don't have like they showed, everyone's back like <laughs> yeah they would show like they showed some of the uh like patients and doctors coming back like in the hallways but like what about the patients that were on like ventilators and like in the ICU like dude whoops what about the people that got flipped out of planes like i saw that as a meme a while back <laughs> this literally confirms like those people flip back in the middle of the air and just where they were on the ground and just like gg well played although they they did ask the russo brothers about that in an interview and they said and they show up on the seats of the plane no they said that hulk had made a conscious effort to make sure everyone came back safely so even if they were in the air he would have probably put them in the spot on the ground instead okay because he was thinking that that's what the Russo brothers say. Okay. I mean, that's, you know, that's Professor Hulk for you, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, (laughs) that whole scene was just incredible. Yeah. Come to find out it is uh, Monica Rambeau. Yeah. And then, so she unblips. And then uh, when she first shows back up to work, um, the director says, Oh, it's been three weeks and you're the first one back. So that, establishes our timeline so like all of the events that we're seeing in wandavision is like three weeks after endgame yeah it's immediately after endgame like she has had no time to deal with the emotional upheaval of like watching vision get offed twice right in front of her yeah she offed him the first time yeah like she went through that whole emotional turmoil to off him just to have it like reversed and have some other dude off him like oh my god and and brutally too like yeah and then she gets dusted comes back and instantly thrown into a fight for her life right oh my god yeah the The, mental trauma man it yeah um so (laughs) i i I like that too the timeline aspect where we just know exactly what's going on because like when rambo comes back in the hospital rambo i'm just gonna call her rambo when she comes back in the hospital, right when she's running around frantic asking where her mom is, that's when Wanda is basically shredding Thanos. 
you know, and like they're all well, I saw, fighting. I, uh, point. I saw it side by side. Actually, there was uh, somebody posted a clip of uh, like it's basically right when Hulk is like yelling and snaps. That's when mm. like the Wanda Vision credits would come up. Then he snaps. Cut to the beginning of the episode where she's like undusting and stuff. So like I saw it like on top of each other, like simultane like simultaneously when okay. it, it happened. So like yeah. as they're undusting in the hospital, that's when like Thanos's ship is bombing. <laughs> that's so sick. Yeah. So like there's like this huge like there's like this huge fight going on in upstate New York while all these people are like blipping back elsewhere. Just chaos. Which everywhere. kind of explains why there's no like military presence there. Like no jets flying oh, in, no like yeah, bombs for sure. Because like these motherfuckers just blipped back. Like, yeah, they're like, wait, what's happening? Wait, there's some a war some what's what the fuck is going? It's five years later. What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's intense. But then three weeks later, so now it's been three weeks and and Wanda's had some time to lose it, basically. And you go and and you get a little bit bigger look at sword, which is really cool. I like that we're we're now in the real in the present world in this episode, and we're seeing okay. we're seeing the outside of Westview and the and the outside of this sitcom, which is Did you notice the awesome. uh, aspect ratio changes. Yes, like when you're in the real yes. world, it's letterbox, and when yeah. you're in the sitcom world, it's like it's the, it's the shit squished. ratio. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the old 16 by 9 that like old television programs had. Yeah, I really enjoyed that too. And they and they do it seamlessly. You I'm can't tell what they some, No, that's going to be something you have to pay attention to like later on cuz like I'm sure later on things are going to become more jumbled like what's real and what's not and you're really going to have to pay attention to the aspect ratios to figure out like what you're actually seeing. Definitely. Um Like I think they very like cuz they did a couple of it where they slowly expanded mm-hmm. it and shrunk mm-hmm. it so that like because they really want you as the viewer to be aware that that aspect ratio matters right god see these these guys are just so freaking good at their jobs yeah. <laughs> right it's wonderful um so so you get a little bit of a briefing in sword you know you, we're getting like this is uh basically five years later your mom started this from the ground up which um what what what's her mom's name again uh i I cannot i can never remember her name photon though is her her call sign uh, yeah monica oh man i forget it's captain marvel's friend captain marvel's friend from the movie yeah um that's uh monica rambo's mom maria Maria rambo yes yes and she had started sword basically from the ground up and so you get a little bit of a briefing uh, the new leader of Sword, which I know you have a bit of a theory on him, um, or you you gave me an article we'll talk about in a little bit, um, but gives her tells her she's grounded, she can't go fly, uh, and that she, he's got a special case for. Her. So now, flash forward another twenty four hours. It's been three weeks and twenty four hours since everyone has snapped back in, into existence, and uh, Monica Rambo drives up to West Westview, New Jersey. And you see none other than Mr. John Wu come out. I love this guy. I love it. Jimmy, I'm so Jimmy Wu. I'm I'm so or yeah, sorry, Jimmy. I'm so happy he's he's in this. Yeah, Randall Park is great. He's so <laughs> funny. And and him using the magic trick that Scott taught him. 
with yeah, the card back. Yeah. coming up. I that was just awesome, so cool. And uh, he he stops Monica right right outside Westview. There's a sign, and there's the town, and there's these two sheriffs sitting right there. And the I sheriff, how she looks at the sign. There's not Westview. Yeah, yeah. The sheriffs basically tell her there's no such thing as Westview, and they can't go any farther. And they're like, "Wait, what? Where are you from?" And they're like, "Eastview." And then they just get in their car and drive away, like, yeah. like nothing happened. So, again, more clues for what might be actually going on in this show. Um, but and we uh, figured out what the what the what the the, the helicopter toy chopper was. Yeah, yep. it's that drone that she flies in. Yep, Monica sends in a drone and it disappears. She like tries to fly it into Westview and it just disappears through this static field, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, she, you know, like any idiot does in a sci-fi movie, Alien, Starship Troopers, any of those dumb movies, she goes and sticks her face in it and it sucks her right in like <laughs> usual. So she's like, she taps it once and she's like, oh, I got my head back. That's cool. Let's go farther. <laughs> yeah. And so she just disappears. And next thing you know, we got Darcy coming in from Thor, which Man, what a badass. I love her. She's, the, she's her, so funny. yeah, she's she's wonderful. But Cat Dennings is great. But yeah, so and her character is fantastic in this because she's so yeah. brilliant, but so sarcastic and snarky about her brilliance that like mm-hmm. she knows she's smart and she knows you're stupid. And she's going to make sure that you also know that. Yeah. You need to be aware of that fact. <laughs> yeah. Now bring me some coffee. So <laughs> um, she basically figures out that they're in a sitcom. She goes through some scientific mumbo jumbo, finds out that there's some radiation uh, being emitted from Westview. And it's a type of radiation that. Um, uh, CMBR, cosmic something background radiation yes which is a callback to the stones the mm-hmm. the uh, infinity stones um because wanda They're would be like using big power bang. yep because wanda would be using power from the infinity stone which was used in the big bang or whatever um as the guy in dr strange said the big bang sent six stones hurtling through the universe or whatever but um so yeah they figure that out and basically, they just watch this show now. So now they're just watching this this series, which I thought was was kind of cool because that you know call back to episode one where they zoom out and they show that someone's watching the show. It's actually Darcy, which yep. I, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> funny enough, she gets like invested in it. She's like, yeah. she's like, they had twins. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm really into this. <laughs> yeah. Um. And they like, man, ev- everything from the first three episodes was explained so wonderfully in episode four. The beekeeper suit, the the, the beekeeper guy that comes up um, was actually just a sword agent or whatever that goes through the, we still don't know what happened to him. I have no idea. But um, she didn't pick up like an action figure or anything, so. No, and <laughs> what happened to that guy? They didn't find him thrown out of the bubble, right? And but but we're gonna figure it out because they keep explaining these little blips. You know, they're explaining what's happening in these blips. They explain that it was Jimmy Woo talking to Wanda through the radio, and 
and then you know and then there's a blip and then they explained about the, the beekeeper thing and there was a blip and then and then they went into the actual house from episode three when when there was a blip with vision and darcy finally after that is like i don't know what's going on it seems like someone is trying to censor this broadcast yeah. Who do you think would be censoring a, a broadcast? Like, who? Who is there? Someone else in control, maybe? Or wh- what do you think's going on there? I, I don't know. Like that is like that's it's a weird thing. Like I feel like Wanda. Like I don't know why it's being broadcast. Like I have no idea why that's happening. Like why the outside world would be seeing any of that. Like just seems like a convenient way to let the world know what's going on like i don't know so maybe it is or it's like, a mistake and and whoever's like doing it isn't meaning to broadcast it yeah maybe it's like I don't know. whether it's wanda or someone else yeah maybe it like maybe it's a call for help even like i don't know because if she like i don't know if we're if it's the mephisto angle if like mephisto's actually running the show then maybe like subconsciously wanda knows that something's up and she's like subconsciously putting that out there so that people like know but at the same time it seems like why would she do that because she doesn't want to so i don't know i have no idea who would be censoring it hmm all right, why well. it's even being broadcast like that's like i'm still confused <laughs> like why it's even being broadcast right and it is it's super interesting to, to figure that out um my favorite blip that was explained was the blip with geraldine though um who geraldine you find out is actually monica rambo which i really liked how when she goes into westview um her little badge turns into the sword necklace that she's mm-hmm. wearing so instead of being the the badge, it's just a little necklace that is it's being portrayed that way. But you find out well, that when also, no, go on. Oh, sorry, I was. Um, it also tells us that like, or at least what I got from that scene was that Wanda didn't know that that bitch got sucked into her bubble. Yeah, she didn't know that that lady was from the outside world until. Right the like little slip so like whatever's going on and affecting these people it's like not even like really concentration required so like as soon as like it hit as soon as she hit the radius she got sucked in and thrown into this role without wanda even realizing that she had done it right so like so that's just, which I don't know. it could be wanda too because if you remember in uh age of ultron she does mind control everyone in that city to leave she kind of floats up and she sends her little mind control out there and everyone stands up from their dinner table and, and get walks out of their houses. And it seems very effortless. And like you were saying, doesn't, doesn't take a lot of consciousness into it. So it's very possible that maybe she's actually doing it because to, to, to this point here with Geraldine, uh, Wanda, you find out like gets really upset and, at, you know the, the aspect ratio goes to normal world again and wanda just like hucks geraldine out like just pushes her out of the house out of the yard out of the entire bubble it seems like Shows she flies like three walls yeah dude she flies like two miles too like super fast and 
come like just comes flying out of the bubble and when she comes out she's just saying it's wanda it's wanda so maybe it is wanda covering up she's she's creating this life because the next scene the the creepiest scene of the entire series so far which this is now turning into like maybe a little bit darker of a series than we first thought it's vision walking in the house and once he comes out of this little convenient shadow he's dead vision he's got the dead eyes he's gray and he's got a giant hole in his head and it's one of the kind of creepiest things we've ever seen in a marvel movie and And it's very telling and it's like it's like wanda changes him back immediately like oh shit i forgot what i'm doing like like to me it seems like maybe she's she's created this life with vision but is reanimating his dead body and mind controlling the entire town to play a part in her fantasy mm-hmm but yeah, when she has uh, to use use her powers, like she was using her powers to throw Geraldine, she lost like concentration on some things, including covering visions. Shit. <laughs> I think I don't think like I don't think she's floating vision around like a meat puppet. I think she <laughs> dead ass reanimated him. Like the weekend I think at vision, visions. <laughs> I think like at this point, like when the when the series started, I I didn't think vision was there. Like I thought he was one hundred percent like a figment of her imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, this at this point, I actually I think Vision is there, and I think Vision is alive. Like I think she brought him back to life. She's not piloting his corpse around like a puppet. He is legit alive. If she was piloting him around like a puppet, he wouldn't be questioning his reality, forcing her to blip him back and give him another shot at like a conversation. Like she would literally be puppeting everything, so I feel I like she reanimated him, and she's just like he's under the same spell as everybody else. Man, could you imagine if if she did like like what if the the everyone in that town was like they they were under mind control, but they could still like it was like a coma where they could see what's going on and they could think about it, but they couldn't control what they were doing. I, I think that's what's going on. And like so, when she was losing concentration and having her like little uh, contractions, that's why Herb and Agnes were like, I mean, if Agnes is under control, she's, she's not under control. <laughs> like, There's no way. Yeah. Look at her. She was doing just fine compared to Herb and, and everybody else. But so, I mean, like, yeah, so it's, uh, I, feel I just, like I just, I just imagine her, you know, doing a weekend at Bernie's thing with Vision and all the townsfolk having to like see this dead ass Vision walk around <laughs> and be no, like, think, oh my God, but have to play yeah. the part of. <laughs> I don't think so. Because the aspect ratio changed in that scene too. It's true. It was, uh, like when, when Dead Vision walked out, it was real world aspect ratio. And mm-hmm. then she threw up the illusion of and it like was... what he actually looks like. And then it was back to like being the wide aspect so like, so, so maybe like he's, alive. he's actually alive like she i think she revived him he is actually alive but he is under the same illusion as everybody in this town well and, and, and like maybe hammering him and i was gonna say maybe she got him back to life but couldn't fix his his look right you know yeah, so that's what i'm saying that's what i'm so, saying she, so, so she's like gonna... making the illusion to make him look normal but like right that makes it's... sense that makes sense and yeah i mean that could be 
that's foreshadowing right there for maybe Vision's just going to look like that forever now. He's just awesome. going to, they'll, they'll cover his head up, his big hole, but he's just going to be white like that, which is cool. I like that. I like that look for Vision, but yeah. I don't know, man. It's this episode answered a lot of questions, but it also left a lot of questions at the end, you know, like it's supposed to. For sure. Um, but you were, uh, you had brought up a couple articles here. There was, uh, let's see, the hexagonal Hayward, Hayward, um, uh, what's it? <sighs> Connection, I guess. Um, I, I was looking at this and the guy, the, the leader of S.W.O.R.D., um, there was a lot of hexagons in his office and this whole show is all about hexagons. So it seemed like there was, there was a bit of a, a theory in this, in this, uh, article you sent me that he might be pulling some strings. He might be doing a bit of the dirty work, which is pretty freaking interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I think, I think there's someone someone in sword that's manipulating something he's he's i i really feel like we've already met both bad guys in this hayward i i think hayward might be mephisto you think so it's possible um like the hexagons like i don't know i've seen there's so many theories running around the hexagons could just be like a visual representation of like scarlet witch's hex power because like yeah. in the comics they call it hexing so that yeah. might just be like them being clever um, yeah another theory is that like hexagons are a good representation of the multiverse because mm. no matter how many hexagons you place next to and on top of each other they all they're always going to perfectly line up and not have any like empty space between them mm, okay so like so interesting like, an interesting representation and like of like a multiverse um, and also like, I've seen like, like six, 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 man, the six oh. sided symbol is six, six, six. It's pointing at Mephisto. Mark of the, so I don't yeah, know, yeah. It's like one theory that I've seen too. Um, I would, and you sent this other one here. WandaVision reveals actual identities of Westview citizens. Right. Okay. That, that was in this episode. Um, they had pictures of all the different missing people that were stuck in this town but they had all the pictures up there for everyone except for who is it Dottie? Yeah, I believe Dotty was... Dottie. Yeah. Yeah. And then Agnes they didn't have identity. They don't yet. They don't have an ID for Agnes and they right. don't have a picture of Dottie. And um did you notice that we have not seen Mr. Hart at all? Since, Who's Mr. Uh, Hart? Uh, he was uh, in the first episode. He was the one that choked oh. during dinner because he was asking too many questions. And we haven't right. seen him since. Right. Like We saw his wife at the talent show when everybody in town was there. Mr. Hart wasn't there. Huh. That's interesting. I didn't, I didn't notice that, I guess. That's a good thing to bring up. I wonder where he went. He's just, he's dead somewhere. I mean, he has too many questions. He fucked around. He found out. Well, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot to uncover in this, and I'm I'm so excited to hear or to watch more of this show because it's it, this this last episode blew things up. You know what I mean? 
at first you're like, oh, this is cute. This is a cute little like sitcom run here. Like, oh, there's some cool things in the background. And now it's like, oh, oh, shit. Something is is happening. Um, one of the other really cool things that Darcy had said that makes me kind of think that people are um, controlling this. And it, it actually wasn't Darcy. It was uh, Wu. He said, the universe is making a sitcom starring two Avengers. And Darcy says, it's a working theory. So isn't, I mean, the, un the universe is, is making a sitcom with starring two Avengers. Is there any sort of reference or connection between the universe and maybe a, some, you know, like a villain? Mm. Not not specifically that I can think of. I just gotta ask. They're gonna try and shoehorn it into like the Eternals somehow. Man, which could be, they could do something. Because are they gonna I have? Like, uh, I, I, I almost feel like that line's not as significant. You don't think so? I'm I'm just kind of digging I, into it. I guess I feel yeah, like it's a I, bit. I, of I feel a like you're looking too much into that line. I feel like he's just saying like because they're talking about like the background radiation that was like the creation of the universe. So he's just saying, so the universe is making a sitcom. So I mean, I mean, I might be wrong. Like I, it's just like, to me, I feel like you're, you're reading more into that line. I, than I, I probably am. I, I just think it's, it's a possible little bit of foreshadowing. It's not necessarily maybe the universe that's doing it, but someone is controlling this, you know, or, or with, forcing uh, these Avengers into this. And the, the article I'm like glancing at right here uh, gave me a screenshot from uh, a stained glass window seen in the trailer for Loki, and it mm. looks like Mephisto depicted in the stained glass window. Uh, so I mean, it, it re there really might be the Mephisto element because, uh, like, he's a recurring villain for Doctor Strange. Um, in the comics, Wanda's twin boys, when she like recreates them, she accidentally uses fragments of Mephisto's soul. Mm. So like, and that's kind of what I was getting at. Like, they might be like, I think she had kids. She legit pushed out two kids, but I think that they are like Mephisto spawn, not her envisioned spawn. Interesting. And maybe it's something like Mephisto needs to use her to get have have these babies to get like to um get get to reality or to what would you say like form i guess to manifest that's possible he, you know yeah. like like cuz i mean like she like like she like she man like i mean possibly cuz like she didn't, <laughs> cause i don't think those like those babies weren't made from sex like she literally like like she wished them into two babies into her belly and then yeah. like they were wrapped around pieces of Mephisto's soul essentially because he's actually running the show. Right. So and then so and maybe maybe he's the one editing things because like he sees that she's broadcasting a help single signal and mm -hmm. he doesn't and he's he's like stopping it. Of it. He's yeah. Oh man. And if it is a trilogy between WandaVision, Spider-Man, and Doctor Strange and Mephisto is a Doctor Strange villain, then it would make a ton of sense to bring him in at the beginning of that trilogy. You know, at the end, be like, oh, the whole reason I did this was so I could manifest. Here I am. Now I'm going to go 
fuck with the multiverse. And conveniently enough, it's actually a uh, Spider-Man story that Wanda pops out her two Mephisto babies in. Like, it's not a it's not a Scarlet Witch comic. It's not an Avengers comic. It's a goddamn Spider-Man comic. Like, it's Spider-Man's part two of this trilogy, so it's just, like, really interesting. Like, they're... Wow. A lot of I like it. I like I it. Mean, I like it a lot yeah, because... They're setting up some interesting things. Because how cool is that? If they're, if they're doing... God, now that now they're really doing the comic shit, man. They're doing the miniseries within the series. They're, you know, like, right? like yeah. we were talking about during our last segment. The like, man, I gotta go oh, back to Avengers 580. Things. Yeah, I gotta yeah. go to 580 to read this part before I can go on to this part. Like, now you're having to watch the WandaVision series to know how Mephisto got there. Although he'll be prevalent in Spider-Man. You don't necessarily need to know how he got there, but if you want to know, you can go back to WandaVision and check it out. House of M, you don't know how, you don't have to know how they got there, but if you want to know, you can go back and see all those extra stories. Like I think they're they're going like really hard and and I think they're doing a great job as far as their storytelling goes. I think yeah, I think they're gonna go in some crazy like I feel like none of these th- these theories are going to be like super right because they always no. twist it in like no. some crazy way that makes you go, oh, yeah. So like, like, oh, that's really way better to see how they branch out and do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It was like uh, it was like Spider Man Far From Home with with uh, Mysterio or whatever. Yeah, that was a huge misdirect. Like, yeah, Mysterio man. reveal. Like that was a big one. Yeah, I liked it. But anyway, I I, I think. Gosh, we, we should probably start wrapping this show up here. Um, we've been talking for a long time, but it's been a good Sorry, conversation. Guys. Thanks for sticking with us. Yes, and uh, thanks for listening to the Marvel Cinematic Monday. Um, I think I think we were pretty close to wrapping this up. We covered a lot of things in here. Um, I know we missed some things, and what we missed we'll definitely talk about again if um, it's later important. on. Yeah, <laughs> Right, Otherwise, right. We'll and just that, forget it on the wayside. And that, that's the thing, too, like... <laughs> Like bringing up the universe, making a sitcom, like you said, it probably means jack shit as far as the or story three goes. Episodes but like, will end up being the most important line they gave us. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that shit works, though. And and some of the stuff that we missed talking on this episode probably doesn't even matter later on in the grand scheme of things. So, if you would like to talk about anything specific hit us up twistmarmpodcast at gmail.com but chip was there anything else that you wanted to cover before we rate these episodes um no i just wanted to throw out there if you uh if you're interested in reading a little bit more about um scarlet witch and her twins in like a standalone story uh check out the children's crusade wanda goes missing ends up in dr doom's care and the twin boys have to go and rescue her pretty cool storyline it's contained to eight issues i think you can probably find it as a trade paperback or something worth cool heck yeah heck yeah so everything that we've talked about with episodes three and four um what would you rate episode three as far as the first four episodes right now? Uh, like a seven out of ten. Okay. I'd, I'd probably go six. Now, after watching episode four, I'd probably go six just because. Meh. I gave it a point because it set up a lot of the payoff from four. 
Like I feel like some That's of the true. episode four payoff wouldn't have been as much without some of the setup from three. So I gave it the extra point. All right, all right. And I and I, what uh, I'm rating four. I'm rating episode four and eight because it it made three less boring. <laughs> word, you know what word. I mean? Or or less whatever. It, it like yes, I, I the the setup was great, but it was still kind of like took me out of it, kind of. Um, until episode four, when it really like, this is why episode three kind of sucked. Here you go. <laughs> so, what would you rate episode four? I'm generous. I I'd give it a nine. All uh, right. It was a it was a All big right. payoff on some things that I was like really curious about. All right. I feel like they did uh, did a lot of stuff right in episode four. Yeah, I would I would totally agree with that. Answered the right questions. Opened up the right new questions just yeah. dragging me along for more dude and i can't wait to watch these these next episodes and talk about it again in two weeks when we do the marvel cinematic monday podcast we are always going live on facebook and the episodes go uh online everywhere you listen to podcasts a couple days after we go live so if you miss anything during these live shows definitely hit us up on spotify i Apple podcast, Google podcast, wherever you listen to them. But thank you all again for watching. Thank you guys for listening to the show. We appreciate all of your support. Um, definitely go find us on Instagram at Marvel Cinematic Monday and like us anywhere, basically on social medias, Facebook, all that stuff. We're, we're getting some things going for MCM. We're going to do another, we're going to make like a Facebook and a Twitter, I think. Um, but uh it's a work in progress, so thank you guys for sticking with us. Yeah, thanks and for joining us on episode two of MCM. Yes, yes. issue, issue two. <laughs> I'm calling them issues because you know why not? I feel I feel like it's it's fitting or something. But yeah, yeah go back other. and check out some of our other issues. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, again, thank you guys so much. It's been a, a wonderful time chatting at you all with uh, about about Marvel. So, my name is Josh, and I'm Chip. We are the Marvel Cinematic Monday. <laughs>